Brewing with Style is brought to you by Northern Brewer with fast shipping, expert advice, and all the ingredients and equipment you need to make the best beer possible. Visit them today at northernbrewer.com. This is the Brewing Network's Brewing with Style, hosted by Jamil Zanishev and Mike Tasty McDowell, along with special guest Jonathan Plise. Now, here's Jamil. Hey, howdy, hey, my Bruin brothers and sisters. Hello, everybody. It's been a while. We're here. <laughs> it's there. been a while. <laughs> it's been a long, long time. <laughs> Want me to beatbox? I <laughs> <laughs> have to apologize for that. Uh, <laughs> thanks for downloading, and uh, this is only going to get better. <laughs> I got to apologize for that. It's only going to get better. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. If, have you listened to the show before, Tasty? Have you, I remember, well, yeah, I've seen it go into the trash. For sure. Have, have yeah, you ever? Yeah. Have you? I Believe mean, me. there's shows that have started out. Statement. I know. There's shows that have started out well, mm-hmm. and then maintained that high quality. Yes. Have you ever heard a show not start out so great? And then get better. No, I have to write. It's right. never. It's never an upward trend. It's no, always a downward trend. It's true. Actually. At best, we keep it's it on a long, slow, gentle decline, rather than just fall off the table. Yeah, I, th- I think. That, I think that's about the best we can do. Okay. So well, that's what we can expect. Uh, expecting better is really, really going out on a limb here. <laughs> I'll tell you who you can expect better from, though. Oh, our great sponsor. Who's that? Northern Brewer. Yeah, absolutely. Love those guys. You can expect better shipping, better customer service, better shipping rates, better ingredients, fresh. Fresh, very fresh. And wild selections. Great people in in northernbrewer.com. Check them out. They've been paying for the show for like ever. Eight years, so you don't have to. So. Give them, a, give them a little bit of loving. It's a great deal. Yeah. All right. So, Scott, oh, we've had we've had a, a call into the complaint department, apparently, uh, yeah. for one of our previous shows. There was a suggestion left in the box. The feedback. <laughs> we're going to do... There was a turd left in the box. I mean, a suggestion left in the box. <laughs> he, he would have, I think, if he could have. Uh, we're, yeah, we're going to do a, uh, the first ever uh, Brewing with Style uh, follow-up. So I'm just going right. to... Let me just read uh, the email that oh, I got right, after our last from show. From what? What's happening? From, uh, from our last show. The Cole oh. Show. Uh, the Cole Show, oh. yeah. Right here. Uh, hey, Scott. I generally like to think I'm not an angry or spiteful person, but I just couldn't resist shooting you this email after listening to the Brewing with Style Kolsch episode. One of the things I'm most passionate about at Flat Tail is the use of the highest quality ingredients. That is why I don't just use 100% Wireman malt in my tailgater, but I literally have never used a single sack of domestic two-roll at Flat Tail in the history of my brewery ever. 100% Wireman malt, German tetaning hops, and Kolsch yeast fermented for 54 at two and a half weeks, followed by two and a half weeks of lagering for the Kolsch. You can probably imagine how disheartening it was to hear someone so highly respected as Jamil bash my flagship GABF meddling coals for being brewed with domestic two-row when I've never opened a bag of the stuff in my brewery. Unlike heretic, cough, cough. Even my IPAs are brewed with Simpsons, Canadian Raw, and crisp malt. The beer also finishes at 10.07, which I made overly sweet, uh, made the overly sweet comment annoying as well. I guess all in all, I shouldn't worry, but hey, if I was concerned with the image of my product, I wouldn't be the brewer I am. Cheers. I've attached the brew sheet from that batch just for shits and giggles. Yeah, you know, the unfortunate thing about getting upset about any sort of comment on any of your beers is that you're not there tasting it at the time. If you're there tasting it, I could see, you know, disagreeing with somebody. 
But we were actually tasting. One of the things I, I was always taught uh, early on was, you know, you're not there tasting it. You know, don't, you really don't know what the other person was saying. So I don't think we said he's using two-row. I think we said it is lacking in the, you know, that, that continental malt taste. And it tasted like it could be two-row. So now, again, we thought it was a good beer, but... I'll tell you this. We, we've got another can open with us now, and it tastes much better than that other one did. So perhaps that other one was just a bit old. And perhaps, yeah. it was because we all thought it was kind of uh, kind of flat and a little uh We opened sweet another can, too, and, later. We didn't all think that. John and I loved it. You you, yeah. you and Tasty thought that. Yeah. yeah well, compared it, to the it, other beers, it did like This one has a lot more, here. you know, grainy pills kind of character tasting. to it. Yeah, it's a little fresher tasting. The other one, it was it was kind of slack. So I, I'm not saying it was brewed one way or another. That wasn't a good beer. I'm just saying that example, that, that can we had, that's the, way, that's the way it was for me. And uh, I don't know. I didn't mean anything by it. Hey, Dave, the owner and brewer of Flat Tail, do you remember Jamil saying that he it tasted like it was made with two-row or that it was made with two-row? Dave. Well, yeah. There? Yeah. Did you hear my question? Well, hey, buddy. Hey. Uh, yeah, I do. I, I think I have to challenge Jamil to a street brawl. Because? <laughs> well, because I, I'm hearing that I brew my Colts with domestic two-row and and I'm pretty sure all those Vireman bags aren't full of Great Western. So, did you not hear? Well, no, that Scott's question. Yeah, that's what I was saying. So, Jamil is saying that he said that uh, it, it tasted like it was made with two row. You're saying he said it was made with two row. Well, yeah. I mean, you said it tasted like that, and then, you know, right. a couple minutes later, it was. Uh, I believe the comment was too much Pilsner, and then the next comment was, "Yeah, no, that's domestic two row." No, well, I, you know, I don't know what you use in your beer. I not, you know, I try and avoid saying what somebody used in their beer unless I know for certain. So, yeah, well, totally. I mean, obviously, yeah. I'm not, I'm not pissed because you don't like my beer, man. I just, uh, oh, it kind of gets me in the side when, so, like, you know, big, big radio just, show, and I'm, uh, no. no, can't, can't finish. Okay, go, go for it. So, see, you're, you're getting. <laughs> You're you're confusing the fact that we didn't think it was a good Kolsch with or a good example of Kolsch with we didn't think it was a good beer. We thought it was oh, a good no, beer. Totally I, I think, but I think we, we did not we did not feel that that pour we had in front of us was a good uh, example of Kolsch. So and that, that's again what I'm, that's what I'm subjective. saying. That's like totally Fine. Can anyone hear me? Or no? yeah, we can hear you, man. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, I don't, like I said, really give a shit about personal opinions, that kind of thing, and I'd never call in pissed about that. What what I was a little uh, disgruntled, if you will, is I mean, it was it wasn't like said once, we said a bunch of times that how clear it was that it was all domestic two row, and you know there were some DMS things and not boiling enough, and I mean it was. I guess I was a little surprised by the number of things that were said pretty confidently, but are, are you know just on paper wrong was kind of my thing. Yeah. I mean, it, was, it wasn't well, like one fleeting yeah. comment. I mean, it was like domestic zero sure. over and over all, again. All we can do is go with what we what we had in front of us. So on paper, I'm sure it's something else, but, you know, what we taste, what we were, you know, you got you to gotta just go 
with what what the the spirit was at the time and you know I, I'm, I'm sorry if that wasn't you know what you uh you know what what you felt was in the can that we had but uh you know that's that's kind of what we we came across dave let me just apologize let me, for not uh oh, yeah i've got a question too but yeah, I, I just want to follow up by uh, reading, uh, continuing on in, the, in uh, another email here, that uh, he looked up uh, Jay-Z's Kolsch recipe in uh, the uh, Brewing Classic Styles book, 95% identical to his. Uh, he also said you can't brew a Kolsch with 100% Pilsner malt, as it would be too light and not malty enough. Enter this mm-hmm. excerpt from Jay-Z's book. I prefer a nice German Pilsner malt for brewing Kolsch. Mm-hmm. I have also used other pale malts with acceptable results, but the light, grainy taste of high-quality Pilsner malt is mm-hmm. right on target for this style like i said street brawl well so I'm gonna brew, I'm gonna brew Dave, brawl. i would like to i'd like to you know taste your beer fresh at the brewery is what i'd like to do well i mean that was like six days old so again yeah. it's, it's you know not really an issue for me of like Okay. Whether well, or not you like it or whether or not you think it's a good example. I, I was really just saying, you know, when hundreds, thousands, whatever people are listening and, and you're calling it out for main reasons like using shitty ingredients when I actually, I literally do not have a bag of domestic two-row in my brewery. Never used it, never had it for any beer. And that's, I mean, that's 100% vitamin malt. You know, I, I worked pretty hard to get those red overalls when we got a GABF, uh, GABF metal for that beer. So, like I said. Uh, I don't care if uh, opinions vary and stuff, but since it's a show about talking about style, talking about how to build recipes, um, I guess what I would look for is you were very confident on those flavors coming from domestic two-row, but if they didn't come from domestic two-row, what were they from? So, you know, maybe you can share something with your listeners, what you think that was, if not that, since it pretty clearly wasn't that. There you go. And I mostly wanted to... uh Thanks, Dave, by the way. I mostly wanted to do that follow-up because uh, I want to be right. I knew I liked that goddamn beer better than all the other ones there. And uh, so I think that, that doesn't make it makes you, you a right, little bit right. Scott. Yeah, I think it does. Well, you know, there's four beers on the table, whatever we had. Uh-huh. You know, you, 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 an individual beer t- you know, is affected by the other beers that you're drinking it with or the food you're, drink, eating, you're drinking it with. You know, it, it's affected mm-hmm. by that. So the other beers had a much more prominent Pilsner character, which I probably made a beer that maybe, you know, was made definitely made with, you know, good quality uh, Warman Pilsner malt, doesn't mean that we weren't necessarily picking up that it was lacking in Pilsner character. It should have been our palates. Well, that would make me kind of want to dive into, uh, you know, how fine is he grinding his grain? Is he getting astringency in there? Mm. Any type of tannin impact that maybe is giving some. Uh, Two row like characters that you maybe don't want, you know, mm-hmm. from a wireman malt that you're using. My two cents, you know, maybe he's getting some graininess that you don't want from a wireman. Usually you get a pilsner like quality, a sweetness from you know, wireman. And maybe the beer was a little oxidized, which contributed to those flavors. Those perceived well, he, two row yeah. flavors. No, yeah, very fresh. I mean, that just said it was only six days. days. So. I mean, it could be that, you know, I don't know. Again, just guessing because we weren't there. It's we don't point. know. Yeah. But you know, you know, some hiccup with the the canning machine on that can. I don't know. I don't know. That's why you know you always gotta qualify everything you say with. Well, this example I got in front of me right here. You know, this is what I'm tasting right now. And you know, who cares what we say? 
I mean, really, you well, shouldn't take this that seriously. A, a lot of people care what you say. I mean, that's right. so that you know, this is this is entertainment. You know why we do this show? Yeah. Right? Well, yes, but that doesn't just because it's it's meant to be entertaining doesn't also mean that people don't take the information as gospel, oh, which they do, Pope baby. That's yeah, how it works. Gospel? I don't know. I don't know. Gospel. You think you got the nickname the Pope because <laughs> why you aren't? Because of the funny hat I wear. Yeah, I, I'm sorry if we upset Dave, but uh, yeah, you know, uh, we just have to just do what we do. I mean, you know, it's talk to your um, yeah, yeah, you know, let's taste it, comment, and uh, we don't mean anything by it. I'm sorry if we upset Dave there, and I'm glad he cleared clear, the air. Clear, yeah, clear he, the air. he had a chance to <laughs> clear it up. Everybody else it was who back, it was isn't a friend moment. of Scott's doesn't get a chance to to uh, provide feedback. <laughs> and I was right, too. <laughs> yes, me and John, that is right. Yes. Okay. And, and they don't just have to be my friend. I mean, if if you are an owner of a brewery that you hear something... And you, you are pissed and off? you don't think something is... Well, no, but see, it, it wasn't just about feelings in this case, uh-huh. right? Otherwise, I wouldn't have really paid much attention to it. But it was about, like he was saying, like, well, it's either... He either used two row or he didn't. Like, that's not an opinion. Sure. You know, well, I mean, if if what we said was that he used it, we shouldn't have said that. Yeah, maybe he's misspoke. I mean, right? Oh well. Sorry. What 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 the what uh, we should always say? We should never say somebody used this specifically or that specifically. I mean, maybe if it says on the bottle, I use this or I use that, then we could say that. I know, I but sh- otherwise, yeah, it's well, just like sure. it tastes like yeah, this or I'm it tastes sure, like that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I said mm-hmm. it likes the Pilsner character. I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. In fact, it has some, you know, two-row character that seems to be coming through, which is fine to have some in the style. It's just that Pilsner yeah. typically dominates. I thought the others had more more Pilsner, yeah, grainy. Yeah, up against them, so I think that's why yeah. the one that had the least might taste like it. Well, especially the fruit. Liking. I mean, that one was bold with uh, the, the Pilsner, Pilsner malt character. Mm-hmm. And that's why I like that one best. Well, you guys can all make fun of me because I think my recipe had two row in it. <laughs> right. So it's John with the two row. Yeah. Well, Bastard. hey, you know, look at what two row can create such a good beer like Flat Tails Colch. Why wouldn't you include uh, two, two row? In that? Yeah. Well, are we going to talk about two row today? That's you use a lot of two row in, in today's style, do you not? Two row and uh, corn. Well, sometimes you do two row, sometimes a six row because they use a lot of adjuncts, so they use a enzyme heavy six row. Right. Is traditionally how they did it. I have all. I don't. Uh, or, so we won't say that they use it. We'll just it's say it, that it, it perhaps it tastes like it. Mm. All right. All right. Let's do this. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we're going to get into our style today, which is going to be American Lager. I know you've been waiting for this one. Right after this. Oh, yeah. Now, Northern Brewer presents What If Homebrewers Ruled the World. Ladies and gentlemen, if you'll follow me, I will lead you into the gallery area. Now, the first piece up for sale today is a Jamil Zena Chef original, a bottle of 1997 vintage Evil Twin. Oh, I see. A bidding for this one-of-a-kind piece will start at £7,000. And if you'll continue to follow me, ladies and gentlemen, I can show you a rather abstract piece from Bay Area brewer Justin Crossley. It's a German Doppelbach entitled Justin's Giant Bach. The brewer's notes here indicate that this beer had excellent mouthfeel. That's 
just a crazy dream, or is it? With Northern Brewer, a thirsty nation can craft its own ale and lager for the greater good of mankind. Northern Brewer, the home of superior customer service and the finest selection of home brewing goods for the future. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support, like Brew Your Own Magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, there are amazing special issues like plans for building a Brutus 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and the Home Brewer's Answer Book. Brew Your Own Magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any brewer, whether for yourself or as a gift, when you subscribe or resubscribe from the Brewing Network homepage, you directly support programs like this. Get a great magazine and support the Brewing Network. Subscribe to Brew Your Own right from the BrewingNetwork.com. Attention, home brewers. If you like making labels for your handcrafted awesomeness and wish more people could see how great you are, then check this out. GrogTag, the makers of custom reusable labels and craftbeerandbrewing.com are hosting the first ever National Homebrew Label Awards. The top 10 labels will be featured at the 2015 National Homebrewers Conference in San Diego to more than 5,000 attendees and more than $2,500 in prizes will be awarded. If you've created a label at any time in the past year, you're eligible to enter. GrogTag and Craft Beer and Brewing have teamed up with great sponsors like More Beer and the Brewing Network to make this competition a great one to enter. Submit your entries between March 1st and June 1st for your chance at fortune and glory at homebrewlabelawards.com That's homebrewlabelawards.com Submit your label entries today. Good luck, and we'll see you in San Diego. Now back to Brewing with Style. Here. All right, we're back. We're beerless. I need more beer. Beerless, yeah. What the what the heck, Scott? We're beerless. Well, you guys talk about the style, and I'm going to go get the beer. Uh, yeah, we're gonna ha- we're short a segment now. We're going to have to kind of like crackle on at the same time. Um, we get crackle-lacking here. Crackle-lacking. Uh, John? Yeah. The style. And American lager. Clear? Yes. Crisp? Clear? No Crisp. hops, no malt. <laughs> That's it. Pale straw in color. Yeah. But, he's, you know, on, on a serious note, like you might get like a grainy aroma, maybe mm-hmm. um, green apple, but I, I don't like that aroma. Mm-hmm. Poorly fermented. Depends mm-hmm. on the yeast strain you probably use. Mm-hmm. Um, no Band-Aid notes is my thing. I can't stand that sulfury bacon kind of Band-Aid-y that, like, you might get in those commercial examples of this beer. Uh-huh. So I tend to lean towards PBR over the other commercial examples. But, uh, you like a PBR. I do, and I like blending with PBR. Yeah. So if I have an IPA, I'll, I'll cut it with PBR. Just have pale ale. And you, do you, you, you like it in the can? Always in, like the can. in the can. Yeah, always in the can. You know, yeah. no hops, no light on the hops, no skunkiness, mm-hmm. less skunkiness, I should say. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it's a refreshing, you know, dry, uh, dry drinking, crispy lager. A six pack a day. Right, right. I was surprised uh, not long ago. Um, 
I was at uh, Whitey's house, and uh, he uh, there was a, a Coors Whitey? Light. Whitey. Chris White. Oh, Chris White. Sorry. And uh, I tasted a little bit of this Coors Light, and I was like, God, that actually tastes a lot better than I remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was kind of kind of surprised because um, Coors, huh? Yeah, and I've had you know a number of different things that uh, some I think uh, you know. I can't believe we're going to treat Coors. Did you have trouble finding examples of the style, Scott? Is that <laughs> is that why we've got like two? Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, who? No one carries Bud Light and Coors Light anymore. Right. Right. No, we have. Uh, what do we have? Uh, Coors Light, Bud Light, uh, Amstel Light, and Heineken Light, all on the classic okay. example style. So we're going American Light Lager. That's what I said. Yeah. Uh, American Light. When what you, did you texted think I said? me, I think you said American Lager. Nope. Recheck your text. Okay, let's see here. Oh, light American lager. Boom. Boom. I thought you said American light lager. That's two totally different things. Isn't it? Why don't you want you guys want to do uh, recipes in this segment, and then we'll we'll just switch up the order, and then we'll do uh, tasting in the next segment. Sure. Sure. John, you want to throw out a recipe? Yeah. Two-row or six-row, we were uh-huh, talking about, uh-huh, uh-huh. with uh, flaked maize. Probably like, what, 30, 40% corn? corn? Oh, uh-huh. And then all the rest two-row? See, I need, like, glasses is the, the thing. Unless you want me to drink from the, directly from the bottles. I, I think I'm I think you should glasses. for the show, actually, just for old time. That sake. would be the thing that I would need at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm, I'm saying we'll do the tasting in the next oh. segment. I'm saying we'll do recipes just in the next segment. We'll just switch oh, up the order. That's all. I see. <laughs> okay, so everybody else has glasses. I don't. That's fine. <laughs> I understand how this thing works here. Feel mine. Uh, I said something. <laughs> I don't want your used glasses, I use man. Them. No, they're not used. Uh-huh, uh-huh. No, they're not. Uh huh. I would go. Uh, you were saying uh, six row, or two row. Yeah, sixty percent, maybe sixty percent, and forty yeah. percent corn. Right. Yeah, or rice. Or if you're rice, going more yeah. Budweiser, you go rice. If you're going more Coors, you go corn. Is that like the difference between the light American lager versus the standard American without the lightness? No, is light is influence? just like the whole um, carbohydrate carbohydrate lowering thing. Like I'm on a diet. I'm to knock them down. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, and then hops? Uh, probably Holotow, Tetanang. Nothing really. Yeah. Um, I know, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, uh, I have heard that... Uh, Budweiser at one time, Anna Bush was using a lot of Willamette. I don't know that that is true. However, you heard, that, you that is what I heard, gotcha. that they're using a lot of uh, huh. Willamette. And then... Um, uh, German lager. But I've right? also heard that uh, you know such and such uh, large breweries have been buying up a lot of like Cascades and stuff. They used to buy just for... Um, I was told they used to buy just essentially for uh, bitterness, yeah. And they would do like between 7 and 11 or 12 IBUs of bitterness. Gotcha. But you're like using like a quarter ounce for five gallons or something. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, depending on you know yeah, your alpha acids, your hops. And boil it for 90 minutes just to make sure all the aroma and flavor is gone. Right. Did you ever brew a American uh, light lager? Um, yeah, I did one time. Uh-huh. <clears throat> yep. That was I a can use of, rice extract. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. You can use that, right? Right, right. Yeah. Well, and there's rice extract that is uh, maltose-based. Oh, okay. Um, so, uh, you know, you can uh, 
you can actually, you know, if you were to use like corn sugar or something like that, it's not maltose based. It'd be too um, dry, wouldn't it? Yeah, it can be a real problem. If you use, uh, you know, uh, rice or corn in a brew with your grains, it's the enzymes in the grains that convert the starches in the rice or the corn, right. and it produces maltose. So a rice sh- extract that's maltose based, you should be fine. Yeah. Exactly. Interesting. Well, I'm always describing when I describe uh, brewing, I always start out by talking about the kernel of, of barley and what's in there, and mm-hmm. uh, how it comes with the enzymes needed to uh, convert the starch to sugar so that it can grow if needed. Mm-hmm. Why doesn't like uh, rice come with the enzymes needed? It are does. They, are they just slow? It does. It right. Does. Huh? Um, it it must it, because yeah. that's how the plant grows. Is exactly. But maybe it's slower. The seed. Right. I mean, once they remove all the outer coating and all that stuff, you, you know, when you're looking at a white piece of rice, yeah. they've removed all the bran and all the, oh, the, the outside right. stuff off of it. And, you know, the difference between, um, you know, malted grains and unmalted grains is the malted grains, it's kind of uh, you know, prepared that thing for... It up in terms yeah, of starch to yeah. sugar uh, cycle. Yeah. Right. So, you know, same thing with corn. And one of the reasons that... You know, there's a lot of flavor differences. Again, you've removed a lot of that stuff that has flavor. You're not malting it, which has flavor. Um, so that's that's why the you know the huge difference when you malt different uh, grains, um, you know, and you use the different grains, you get different flavors uh, possible, and you know, totally different beers. Like using two row or Continental Pilsner, and and the the way it's malted, you can take a, a two row malt and you can malt it. You know, many different ways and produce a lot of different flavors, a little bit darker, a little bit, you know, um, different conversion processes, things like that. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. All right. Um, do you remember what your recipe was? Uh, I do you not. Rice no, it's Excellent. so long ago. I don't know. Yeah. And what about yeast, John? What, what do you like? It's the German lager, probably. Yeah, the 830? 830. Yeah. yeah. I, I like 830. That's it's a good standard. Train, right? It's a, like the, you know, the 34 or the, uh, uh, 34. <laughs> no. Look it up. Uh, standard, standard, you know, it's a German lager and it's used in so many different beers. Right. I like that. You know, they have, uh, strains that are similar to, you know, Budweiser strain, something like that. And, um, I'm not a big fan of that flavor profile. I mean, it's, I mean, it's fine. You're talking about 830? Yeah, eight, well not yeah, that's not uh yeah. similar to the Budweiser one. That's similar to all, you know, German. So yeah, uh, you, you get yeast character out of out of like a Budweiser, you, you can taste the Oh, sure. I think. Can you see? Yeah, I'm not, just any. Not, not familiar with the style, so yeah. I don't know how to find that. Right. Huh. Uh and John, uh yeah, what what would your fermentation profile be? Would you do any beechwood aging? <laughs> if I could, I would, I guess, yes. <laughs> but I don't have that. Well, idea. you could throw some you know, pine in there. I go, to the, go, get some, go to the beach agent. and get some wood, I guess. Yes. Shave some shavings in there. That's a different kind of beach wood. Oh, sorry, my bad. Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, Ferment cool, you know. Yeah. Big pitch. Start out, you know, in the, in the 40s, 50s. High, probably pitch by like 46, 48. Mm-hmm. And just hold it there a few days, let it ride. Let it rise. Fast for us. You rest probably three, four days. Mm-hmm. Probably have this beer done, what, 10, 14 days tasty? 
if you really had a big pitch, healthy pitch. I mean, it's, well, there's, there's not much. Well, it. it's got a logger. I mean, to okay. make the real authentic one, I think you need a logger in there. So like four weeks? Yeah, I think four weeks would be about starting so, point. So a lot of these. I think they do three of them. I'm told they do um, uh, high gravity brewing and then they water it down. Right. Which makes sense. That's oh. been, yeah. Is that true? Or is it just. I, I believe so. Why yeah. not? But my my worry is always <laughs> when doing something like that, especially, you know, I can see it on an ale where you want to have some, you know, flavors of fermentation in something that's watered down. But in a lager, I would be very cautious, assuming that it's going to produce, you know, some higher character alcohols or esters or something like that in the higher fermentation. And then when I water it down, it's going to open up like adding water to, you know, whiskey or bourbon. You know, you get this mm. opening up of the flavors. When we do the half cousin or the watery grave, it, it really happens. You know, uh, it's, it's it amazing. Unmasks the flavors because yeah. they're uh, hidden by the strength at full strength. Right. So I'd worry in doing a lager that way that maybe, you know, you're kind of run afoul of that i have not tried well, it with a my personal experience is i, I make an eight percent uh uh a bach beer and i dilute it and i don't sense any sort of like higher alcohol characters hmm. but that doesn't matter I'm, what we're talking about is commercially made american light you know light lager mm-hmm. and I, I bet they've got a yeast that they don't have to worry about doing that you know what i'm saying i mean they can yeah. they make it their business to make mm-hmm. an eight percent beer right right that yeah that's any, that's their expertise that, that dilutes so now have now, you heard maybe not you know? have you heard what strength they they do it at i, I heard eight percent yeah i heard up in the like eight eight and a half or something yeah. that's impressive actually and then they water it down to the various levels and they're doing that consistently all over the world that's impressive yeah yeah you know was it that i think the guy who told me about that was the guy that used to belong to quaff along was that the guy who that's how I heard it. I was wondering if you heard it from the same guy. Yeah, I he used don't to know. work at. Uh, I probably heard it from you. Budweiser. Maybe I was from you. Yeah, I don't know. Well, and oh, that brewer I, that was a guy, long time that, ago. That friend. Everybody knows it now. Budweiser admits it. I, right. I guess. Oh yeah, but uh, they got they got in trouble. Oh yeah, they had to for when they when they water. So when you brew beer, the federal regulation is you are allowed a point three deviation from what it says on the label. And it allows for, you know, differences in yeast and all sorts of different things. And liberal, uh, actually. Right. So, you know, if you have a beer that's 5.3 on the label, it could be 5.0 or it could be, you know, 5.6. And, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you're pretty much hitting 5.3, but one time it's 5.4, one time it's 5.2, and non-alcoholic beer is 0.5. So, I mean, we're talking about nothing, really. Right. But I guess they were watering it down. Then they were taking it to the extreme. You know, they were they were always instead Pushing of the bottom. There was yeah, instead of the five three, they were hitting the five every time. Makes sense. So water when they were adding the, the water <laughs> or something like that. Right. So that was because so, they're you know that I would assume that's within the letter of the law. But um, it is. social kind media of, cutting costs then. Right. Uh-huh. Right. Right. They're making more beer. More beer. Just to add more water. Yeah. yeah. But I think uh, multiply so that the by. news articles were like, well, they're, they're, if they're watering down the beer, they're, making, they're cheating us. Right, fact, right, right. They're allowed that. Yeah, they're allowed that within the letter of the law, right. I would think. But, of course, but then, common I guess, sense tells us they yeah, can make it whatever they want. In I the mean, spirit of things, yeah, they yeah. could have had it exactly. Yeah, so they're know, intentionally, if they're 5%, they meant it to be 5%. Right, right, right. Hmm. Yeah. 
So I thought that was kind of interesting. I I had not. Uh, I mean, it's it's a whole different world to me. I mean, I don't know. I find it interesting. Old world. Yeah. Not new yeah. craft beer world. True. Well, true. Let's, let's make a high gravity beer and uh, let <laughs> right. that puppy. Tasty's going to make a high gravity beer. And Is that how you make puppy. your Dortmunder? We'll do a, or do a you 120 of a strong beer and a 120 of water and uh, we'll can that shit. <laughs> All right. <laughs> a little Y connector in there. A little, uh, little Y connector. <laughs> Watch oh. it flow. There you go. <laughs> the, the goodies and the money you come through. The money, the money line. All the water it, line. The money line. <laughs> Well, yeah, people are like, oh, put the Half Cousin on in, in the half tap cousin, room. Half Cousin, there you go. And I'm like, well, I'd love to because it tastes great, and I drink it all the time. But then, you know, I'd be like, well, people are going to expect it to be half the price, <laughs> wouldn't they? Who says? Right. I mean, there is some extra steps and, you know, some Got extra c- cost. But, you know, I, I mean, if it's too cheap, I really can't afford it. I'd rather just sell somebody a, like a, a regular glass. And then Here's give them water. a glass of water and let them do it themselves if they want twice as much, you know, or, you know, half the price per pint. You know, it's just... It's not the, a bad idea. Just have water at the tables. Like, here. Yeah. Ah, you know, save yeah. some money. I think you should let Scott uh, <laughs> or advise you on pricing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he has more of a flair. Right. Of how to stick it to him, you know? What, what, whatever you're... Th- what are you thinking, Jay-Z? Double it. Double it. <laughs> that's right. I, I thought you'd say triplet, so that's, that's good. I'm trying to be reasonable. <laughs> Oh, well. There's a first time for everything. Whatever. I'll tell you what. Let's take a short break. Uh, when we come back, we'll have hopefully tasted the beers, and uh, we'll have some uh, opinions on the samples that we have before us. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Brewing with Style on the Brewing Network. First Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can, featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Suck it, JP. A few things happened 30 years ago. ARPANET migrated to TCPIP, and the Internet was born. Revenge of the Jedi was renamed Return of the Jedi and opened in theaters. Mila Kunis and Emily Blunt were born, beginning a rad fantasy in my mind. But all of that pales next to the fact that Hop Tech opened its doors and began blowing homebrewers right out of their mash tuns. Hop Tech doesn't fuck around. Real people shipping awesome shit straight to you. Their new website is fast and easy. Easy to navigate, or just call 800-379-4677 and let badass bitch 
Rich, Jade, and the gadget guy, Roberto, blow their warm load of customer service all over you. So visit the site or visit the store in Dublin, California, and support those that support you. Get your brewing on at HopTech.com. BN Army, I'm here to talk seriously for a second. You all are partially responsible for something explosive, and it's time you answer for it. Moonlight Meadery is exploding. Yeah, exploding across the country. Wait, they just landed in Australia with insane quality meads. With nearly 70 different varieties of mead on the market, Moonlight Meadery has blown up the mead category and completely reinvented it. Seriously? What? Seriously? What? You're paying money for that watered-down mead when you could have a Moonlight Mead? Moonlight Meads explode with quality and flavor. They're a party in a bottle. Did someone say party? If you want mead and want the best, you want meads from Moonlight Meadery and will accept nothing less. And now get 15% off by going to MoonlightMeadery.com forward slash BNArmy and use coupon code BNArmy at checkout. Hey, sign me up for that party. From the stovetop to a camp burner to some kind of brew stand, most homebrewers follow some version of this progression. With each move, a homebrewer will often have to change a lot, if not all, of their equipment. Until now, Blickman Engineering brings you the top-tier brewing stand, the only brewing stand that grows with you. For example, buy a top-tier floor-standing burner now, and it'll bolt right to your top-tier brewing stand when you're ready for all-grain brewing. The top-tier brewing stand is perfect for 5-gallon to 20-gallon batch sizes. Its modular design is adjustable and accommodates everything from small footprint coolers up to 30-gallon pots. How does the top-tier brewing stand do it? At its core is a strong, heat-treated, and anodized aluminum main post. On all four sides are built-in T-slots for the adjustable heavy-gauge stainless steel shelves and beefy burner tiers. The tiers accommodate any manufacturer's pots or coolers up to 21 inches in diameter. Best of all, not only does the top-tier brewing stand grow with your skills and equipment, but it easily knocks down for long-term storage or transport, too. The top-tier brewing stand from Blickman Engineering. Learn more at BlickmanEngineering.com and to find a local Blickman retailer and start brewing from the top tier. Now back to Jamil, Tasty, and Blise. It's Brewing with Style. All right. From the early comments, I, I'm preparing to just, like, totally give up. Clearly, I don't know what I'm saying. So. Throw, throw yeah, I, I quit. Yep. That's right. I don't know Bruma what I'm talking about. is over. This is the last show. Mm-hmm. If we finish it. If we well, already had the last show. We'll end on a high note. Uh, There's a lot of huh, huh during the break. A lot. Huh. Speaking these. All right. Classic examples of. Standard American. So let's let's start with. Uh... <laughs> oh, sorry, Scott. Jesus Christ, he'll screw us all up again. I got Augie Bush on the line <laughs> in be, case he talks some he'll shit. Be, right he'll now. be like, "No, this is my favorite." Who's Augie Bush? Uh, he's uh, he's one of the. Uh, well, he was yes one of the head. I think he was the head of uh, Anheuser Busch until he. Uh, Got caught with one too many, uh, you know, hookers we'll get, and we get some Belgian guy calling up, going, uh, "Yeah, uh, no, this is not uh, not right." <laughs> but Wasa is the best. Gotcha. No. Now I've just insulted a whole nother group of people. Yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ! Yeah. Why don't you just turn my microphone off? 
Well, and of course he does. These big guys like any attention at all, even if you're not you're saying something bad about them. Yeah, well, well, there you go. There you go. Yeah, those other guys. No, I, I, the craft guys figure that out. I think what we're going to do this time, since since we have a another guest in the studio, I think we can start with Matt and Matt's comments on the four beers. Which, which, so Matt, what we do is uh, we go through the beers and we uh, rank them uh, first to last. And then we get called based, by the brewers of the beer and right. told why based, we're wrong. And based, based, off right. of, based off of uh, your impression as to which one is uh, the most to style. So if somebody else on the other side of the country is drinking this and they want to know what the style is like, uh, we're telling them, you know, grab one of those. That's entirely unfair at this point. It is. You fed me good beer earlier. Yes. And made me drink these. Great beers. Um, yes. <laughs> You know what? In, in my evolution as a beer drinker, I started out with Coors Light. I was told it was safe, and then I wanted something with more flavor, and I went to Bud Light. And then, <laughs> and then I was told that I was crazy, and people started introducing me to Amstel and Heineken as advanced beer drinking. Mm. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's the evolution of the American beer drinkers. You, you start out with what's safe, and then you branch out into things that have more flavor. Um, Heineken would probably be my, my favorite at this mm-hmm. point. Just because it comes off a little bit with some more flavor, but it's safe, mm-hmm. and the Amstel gives you a little bit more, a little bit more on the palate. The other two, they're just they're just like snuggling into bed. They're comfortable. You know where they're where you stand with them, and you're never going to be disappointed because they're always the same, no matter what you do to them. Okay, so nope. you would rank them Heineken, Amstel, Bud Coors. Right, right. If I if I you know found myself beat up and left in a gutter, I'd want a Coors Light. I'd snuggle up with that one. But if I was out on the town, I was feeling good about myself and confident. I'd I'd grab an Amstel. Hmm. All right. Nice. Tasty. Well, uh, this is the, I'm no expert on this style. Uh, I do I do enjoy water though, so I, 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 I'm halfway there. I'm a I can, I can uh, mm-hmm. and I really enjoy the water in the Coors. They've done a great job on that, but. It's it from the Rocky almost Mountains, all other apparently. flavor of size of water. So. Uh-huh. That, that, I couldn't drink a second pint of that. Oh, didn't they have a th- whole thing where they were shipping concentrated? I I heard, I don't know that this is fact, but I heard rumor that they were shipping like concentrated cores in trucks to like the East Coast, and then they'd, mm-hmm. you know, Reconstituted. bring it up to, or bring it down to, you know, um, uh, you Gravity. know, selling strength, right. and uh, you know, using the local probably distilled water or yeah, something. And then people were like, "Well, that's not all sourced from the Rocky Mountains," and so they stopped doing that or something. I, I, I heard hmm. a story. I don't know that it's really true. Yeah, it probably didn't make any difference. But the fact that they couldn't marketing wise, right, right, so right, it was the same water, right. So they want to stick with their Rocky Mountain spring like, water thing. So anyway, yeah. I think water is a very good ingredient in that beer. Huh. As far as like a beer I'd drink a second pint of, I think it'd, it'd be the Amstel. So I think I'd put that first. Uh-huh. The Heineken, no, I couldn't get through the first pint. Uh, uh-huh. Too many weird flavors going on there. We all know what those are. Um, in terms of like just a general like light beer, you know, if I had to choose between Coors and uh, and Bud Light, the Bud Light has a little bit more flavor, like uh, you know, like uh, others have said. So uh, yeah, I like the Amstel, uh, then the uh, Bud Light, and then the uh, or is it in the Honeycomb? Have Honeycomb huh. last. Okay. <laughs> this is a show huh. of many hunts. Like I said, I just, give up. Just go um, right out there. John? Yeah? Uh, number one, Amstel. I thought it had the cleanest malt. Uh, 
no diacetyl, no really off flavor like DMS or anything. Kind of no band aidiness, you know, very clean, crisp beer. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'd probably go Coors Light, just, but I thought Coors Light was a little bit too bitter, and I got some saltiness from it. Like it was, it was, it was a little too bitter. Um, but I think it was the closest to style for a standard American lager. And then the Heineken was kind of just way too watery. It had no malt character. I mean, I know this beer doesn't have any malt character really based on the style guidelines, but I got more water than any type of beer flavor. Um, and then the Budweiser, I got like a candy-like flavor. I got raspberry in the note. Um, just kind of a, an, es- an overly ester flavor in the Budweiser. Huh. 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 <laughs> so Amstel, Coors, Heine, Bud. And by the way, Heineken in the can. Oh, yeah. Not the standard yeah. light. But I've, I've had the Heine in the can. That is amazing. I heard you like it in the can. I do uh, like it in the I can. I do. I do. Is it, is and it, Heine in a can, not bad. Isn't that redundant, Heine in a can? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's Heineken light. Do they, they do Heineken light in the can as well? I don't know. They do, but it's not. And I don't know if I've Heineken in the it. can is almost, it's like a Hellas light. So yeah, it's got a, a fair amount of nice uh, malt flavor. And I've had uh, Heineken, you know, at the Heineken place in uh, Amsterdam. Amsterdam, yeah, and that was actually quite good. I believe it. I thought that was decent. I've had uh, bottles on the East Coast, and they tasted great. I thought. Huh. What about the Heineken? Um, didn't they they switch to brown bottles at one point? But then there was an uproar. From their fan base, like because it, it it had so much less of that skunky character huh. that yeah. comes, is that, is that just another rumor mill thing? No, that was, but I don't know if it was Heineken though. Oh, but it, it did happen. Um, some big uh, American lager brewery, Scott. Well, so this is this is where I'm I'm differing with John. I'm actually putting the Bud Light first. Uh, You're dead huh. to me. It tasted, uh, for whatever reason, I mean, I do get that fruit like thing old that, that you're talking about. Maybe, yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe it's the familiarity, but it just tasted. Two years ago, what were you drinking? Oh, I had a Bud Light this weekend. Okay. Oh, I don't, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not, I don't discriminate. It's safe. Uh, yeah, exactly. Right, you familiarity. <laughs> well, I, no, I just honestly, of these four, it, it tastes the cleanest to me. Um, which sounds weird to say about Bud Light, but like the Coors Light to me is just sweet corn. It's like oh, crazy sweet. Can't drink it. The Heineken is skunk city, like almost to the point of tasting like rubber. It's just all skunk. And then I get that same skunky characteristic, but to a lesser degree from the Amstel. However, it's not that prevalent in the Amstel, and the rest of it's pretty good. So I like that all right. So I go Bud Light 1, Amstel 2, Coors Light 3, Heineken a distant four. Huh. <laughs> Wait, can I ask one question before you tell me yours? Sure. Uh, How much he loves Heineken? <laughs> well, no, it isn't huh. about the Heineken, though. Why is it a classic example of American light lager if it's made if it's from Holland? Well, how how are we making a classic example of Kolsch in Corvallis, Oregon? Well, it's not. <laughs> it's, it's not a classic not example. In We're Cologne, talking about making right? a style. doesn't matter who makes it. Well, but, yeah. well, but to be listed in the classic example style guide. It's the yeah. same way. It's doesn't like matter. Import export. It just happens to be right. called American light lager. It doesn't mean it's, it has to be an American. Right. Product. It's a style that's gone around the world at this point. Yeah, well, I understand why people are brewing it. I'm just mm. trying to figure out why it's a classic example. 
style guide was made because by Americans, wasn't it's, it's, it? Well, because they, they felt it was a good example. Yeah, okay. Whoever wrote that part of the guidelines said, oh, this, this Heineken. Huh. Throw that in there. Got it. See, now I'll be in trouble with the style guide people. <laughs> <laughs> There's no pleasing everybody. I won't say please. Why, just be a heretic. Please my wife. I think that's that's the best plan of action at this point in my life. That's the better road to take. Uh, I'm so curious to hear what your order is here. What is he going to say? <laughs> well, the cores. He likes the cores. I can't stand the cores. <laughs> Thank you. It's horribly sweet. It is so sweet and candy, apple-y. I, I, that was a, a real candy. Very. That's not like the Coors Light I've had before. You think it's more candy like than the Budweiser? Oh my yeah. God! There's no comparison. Yeah. I was going to ask you if you if if your two got swapped somehow. Because I, I I thought the Bud was actually pretty clean. Yeah. Yep. So I thought. Yeah. So why did you hump me? <laughs> Just exactly what I said. Okay. Thank you very Just much. Just sticky that. You listen to the show. Uh, yeah, only if I have to. Um, <clears throat> the thing I liked about the Heineken was, at least there was some hop character in there. Oh, uh, like some, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. some. Yeah. You're, you're just taking a sip. I'm, oh, yeah, my my standard <laughs> is, can I finish a pint? And what yeah. a second? Yeah. Um, I like that rule. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Could you? Yeah. Come on. I wonder if, you know, the bud is tasting the best because it was in a can. Well, yeah, I did have the uh, option of uh, bottles or cans, and I went with can on that one to see if it would make a difference. And, mm-hmm. yeah, it appears to have made a difference. Well, I mean, so a lot of these others, look how colored up though they are versus the bud, which is so pale. Yeah. The Amstel, I like the Amstel, but it had a little bit of a multi-character to it. I know. I'm drinking yeah. more of it. Yeah. I thought that... No, it seemed to be used a better quality or uh, yeah. more ingredients or something. Right. But the and mal- it had the, uh, more of a body to it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So I like that, the Amstel, because of that. Is it a great example of, of a true American light lager? I would argue that the Budweiser is perhaps the best example True, truest to style because it really defined the style, right? Miller Light and all that. But I like the Amstel better if the you know if it's still within the style. I like the Amstel better, but I I, I gotta think I maybe lean towards the Budweiser as the best example on the table. And this Coors was really sweet and appley for me. It might have been might have been this bottle. I don't know. But I did not mind the the Heineken that much, maybe because I've enjoyed it so much in the can. It's made it uh, pleasurable. Here's here's the other Coors Light bottle. <laughs> because I said I enjoyed it so much in the can, it might uh, have made my, uh, my results off. Uh, what would you? Did you say your order? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I don't know. Bud Light one. Gonna go with the Bud Light, or just saying it's a better example of the style than the Amstel? He's sniffing the second pour of a different bottle of Coors Light. I tell you, it's lighter in color. Not by a lot. No, it's it's the same. It's straw. Well, <laughs> that's multiple things poured in it. That's true. Can I get more of that Coors? You want the second bottle? Yes. Yeah, that is not nearly as bad as that bottle. That was the bottle. Interesting. That bottle was horribly fruity 
and just like this huge apple. They're totally different now. Sweetness. Well, it's probably colder than what you were just. That's true. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, that course is not as bad. And, uh, with these beers, temperatures everything. Yeah, no kidding. Right. Because if it gets warms up at all, you can taste it, and it tastes right, like right, right. Oh, I should have known, guys. There's the Blue Mountains. Oh, so we got to go by the mountains. Yeah. No blue, no good. Yeah, the worst when you're like camping and you're drinking one of these beers, and you're out like sitting on the rock by a lake or whatever, and it warms up, and you go to drink it, you're like, oh. Oh, no. Oops! Oops! I'll take a cold one and <laughs> dump this one. Well, based on that rapport, give it to the college girl. Give it to the. College. I think I'd have to go. <laughs> good, good, Bud, call, good call, Bud Amstel, Coors, Heineken. Oh, they switch spots. The the Coors and the uh, Heineken. I think so. Well, based on the rapport. <laughs> but I tell you, that first one was disgusting. Really bad. That was real huge apple, and it was just <sighs> disgusting. Right. See, I. Of course, now, Mister Light is going to call me up. Yeah, who's on two? Is that Pete Coors? Pete Coors. Pete Coors. Is there somebody calling from the Rocky Mountains? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we do have a a question. You want to? We can uh, do questions when we get back. Sure. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll have your questions right after this. Adventures in Homebrewing have the knowledge and expertise to craft their own gear and original recipes. Some of the things Homebrewing.org creates and manufactures in-house are the Brutus brew stands and propane burners, the serial killer adjustable two-roller grain mill with seven-pound hopper, custom stainless steel false bottoms designed to fit kegels, coolers, and mini-sized brew pots. The brewers at Adventures in Homebrewing have designed a huge selection of original recipes for extract and all-grain brewing. Adventures in Homebrewing original recipes are tried and tested, proven to be of the best quality. And right now, Adventures in Homebrewing is shipping 24 of their best recipes for free. Visit homebrewing.org for the most current selection. Once you try one of Adventures in Homebrewing recipes, you'll keep coming back for more. And now, it's even easier with free shipping on these kits. Brewing Network listeners receive 10% off their homebrewing.org orders when they use coupon code IPA at checkout. See terms and conditions for full details. No yeast man, you're missing out. White Labs Yeast Manager, Yeast Man, is available free to any brewer. Yeast Man is your direct link to White Labs Yeast Production Facility. Yes, you can check yeast availability, and yes, you can place an order, but Yeast Man is much more. View yeast quality control and analytical reports. See your big QC day entries and reports. Get access to the entire White Labs catalog, specials on overruns of freshly made yeast, and customized options for your account. Yeastman is the only real-time online ordering in the business connected directly to factory production. Yeastman is always on and always live. It's the largest online marketplace for specialty brewer's yeast and related products. Visit yeastman.com today and tap directly into White Lab's production facility. Gonna brew? Yeastman to the rescue. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. 
go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Now back to Jamil, Tasty, and Blise. It's Brewing with Style. All right, we're back. And we have uh, questions from the, the chat. Yes. Let's pull up uh, Bevo's message here. Uh, let's first do a uh, comment from uh, Lawyer Jim in the chat. This is uh, very... Uh, about, about the flat tail uh-huh. Yes. Do you think we need representation now, or is it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, to whom it may concern... At the, no. He said, uh, according to Budweiser, these beers are not meant to be fussed over. And here we are fussing <laughs> over them, and he's right. That's right. We screwed it up. We should have just, like, chugged them down. Drank them. I'm chugging my hand. Golden, golden goodness. Screw it. Go watch some NASCAR. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Here's a question from uh, Nate's Brews. Um, he said, uh, how much the choice of adjunct, like rice, corn, etc., makes a difference to the... Uh, Bevo just texted me and ruined my message. Uh, makes a difference to the final flavor of everything else is right. Does so, that make sense? How much percentage of the words were English? Uh, um, yeah, I'm going to read it word for word. Lost me at the end there. Hey, Bevo, yeah. when they get to the questions, can you ask them how much the choice of adjunct, like rice, corn, etc., makes, makes a difference to the final flavor if sure. everything else right. is right? Right. Oh. Okay. Huge amount. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think, uh, you know, especially when you get to adjunct percentages up in the, you know, 40, 50, 60% range, um, it can it can make a a difference. Um, you know, it's difference between chewing you know corn and chewing rice. You get a you know there's a flavor difference there, and that's the kind of flavor difference you, I think you can get some of that. So some of that just kind of gets rice. I think is the cleaner uh, adjunct, and corn is a little more flavorful. And that's not necessarily a, a bad thing either. I mean, it can be. Uh, nice and something like you know, maybe a cream ale or who knows. Gotcha. You know. So in a beer like this, where would any one part of it, you know, the water, the hops, the adjuncts, uh-huh. would they make a a bigger difference than normal because there's just so much, so little going on in a beer like this? Is that fair to say? Oh yeah, yeah. I think that's a a fair a fair assessment. All right. So take care when you're picking out anything in this recipe. Right. Right. Yeah. And you want to, you know. Uh, you know, use ingredients, you know, quality enough ingredients that, you know, the, the flavors there. I wouldn't use, you know, nasty feed corn or pig, use pig feed corn, corn or leftover. whatever. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't use, I wouldn't pick the corn out of your poo and put that in there. I'd, you know, try and use a quality, you know, corn or rice and and uh, malt and, you know, hops. I wouldn't use stinky, stale hops. I'd use, you know, fresh, good quality hops. I think, you know, a lot of these breweries, they... Yeah, you know, they put in quality ingredients. They just go with ingredients that lower the flavor, and then try and you know maximize their profit. You know, based mm-hmm. off of 
production efficiencies and well, yeah, there's ad a campaigns. Much higher, higher level of drinkability when there's little to less no flavor. flavor. Yeah. yeah, just like water. Water no goes down that. just like water. No Did you that. notice that? Yeah, it does. Water is watery. I think it comes back to economics too a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. if I can get twenty four beers for twelve. Oh, Four right. beers for what? Twenty bucks, mm-hmm. and that could hold me off. You know, maybe three, four days, depending on the party or I'm having or whatever. Right. Get you drunk. Get times. you drunk a few times. Yeah. Well, a lot of people they were like, oh, they use rice because it's cheaper. Or they use corn because it's cheaper. It's not fermentability, right? Yeah. Dryness. They, yeah. The end they use it because there's again, if you convert your rice with uh, your malt, the same enzymes are taking taking the same action. So those enzymes are converting the starch in the in the malt to maltose. Those enzymes are converting the starch in the rice to maltose. It's making the same types of sugars. It's just there's no uh, husk and, and, and all the, the flavor that's gone from the malting. That's not there. So all that flavor has been stripped out. You're just getting the sugar. That. Not stripped out, but that flavor is not being added because the rice doesn't have that. So, and does corn yeah. usually run cheaper or rice than the barley uh no no um i thought that rice was more expensive now than barley isn't it i mean it depends although malt it's more they have to malt will be pricey the process is more complicated with the rice right don't they have to do a cereal mash or something do ahead of time don't they have to do like a double have to boil it yeah or something maybe yeah i don't think that they necessarily save a bunch of money by doing that way Okay. But it doesn't well. But it, that doesn't fit with the narrative of uh, oh, it's big beer, and they must just be doing everything to cut corners and make it cheaper right. yeah. and make it, it, it well, sque- squeeze think, every last cent out of every. I think the way the big beer bashes on craft brewers, craft brewers bash on big beer. It's like uh, I think that a lot of it's you know not necessarily true either way. So right. there's some truth in 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 both sides, and there's you know a lot of falsehoods in both sides. So let's just live and let live. To me, that the ingredients are driven by what you're trying to produce. You're trying to make a four and a half percent alcoholic beverage, right? Uh, without a lot of flavor. Without a lot of flavor. How are you going to do that? Well, you take a lot of ingredients that don't have much flavor, mm-hmm. like rice. Mm-hmm. So if it, they they didn't use a lot of rice. They'd have to use a lot of uh, pale malt or two row or something, or pilsner malt. Let's say they probably use you know, pilsner malt. Well, if they use enough, pretty soon it's going to taste like a, a good beer or a beer you, you know that you can't drink. <laughs> Right. A Pretty soon, of, it's going to taste good, and you won't be able to drink it. You won't be able to drink a 12-pack. You won't need a 48. You'll be, you'll be buying a 24. You'll be unsafe. And then business goes to shit. There'll be no more NASCAR. <laughs> right. No more NASCAR. No more Bud Light or Light, the lightness. Oh, man. I think we've insulted far too many people. All right. Let's, do, let's just do one last question here. This is uh, from Dave in the chat room. These are good questions. Uh, he said, uh, question for the panel, would adding an enzyme like UltraFirm be advisable when brewing a light American lager? Uh, perhaps. Um, I mean, you want to uh, attenuate it down as far as possible. You want to get into like the negatives, you know, below one. It's not really negatives, but you, you know what I mean. Yeah, that drive below one. Out. Yeah, finish in the you know o point nineties. So yeah, could. Why? Why wouldn't you use it? Um. Well, because you'd end up with the light, light American locker. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And there you have it, folks. Okay. No. All right. That's all well, you wouldn't use it because you wouldn't need it. I mean, it, to me, this is a, if any beer you can make, you can mash for at a temperature 
and pitch at it. You could do a ferment. Yeah. It should get you pretty low. I never, you know, higher gravity ales and stuff like that, or even higher gravity lagers could be a problem on finish, but you know, a beer like this that starts at like, you know, 10 Plato or whatever it is, 10 and a half Plato, yeah, it's easy to get it down to zero. All right. Another show. <laughs> We certainly t- did a show. And Tasty man. thought it was going to improve. I told you. I, I told you. You, I th- you were I saying. Start the crapper, end in the crapper. That's right. We, right. we walked the line, though. That's our motto. We walked the line hey, straight through those? from one side of the crapper to the other. And that was it. You know what you know, What isn't crap are the other Brewing Network shows. You mentioned those today. Oh, yeah, those. <laughs> <laughs> Brew Strong, uh, Dr. Homebrew, yeah. Sour Hour. Uh, the session, all fine uh, episodes on the uh, Brewing Network for free. free. Check it out, thebrewingnetwork.com. Yeah, those shows, when the brewer sends in a letter and complains, <laughs> they throw them away. Right, right. They don't bother yeah. uh, doing anything else. Yeah. Check out our fine uh, sponsor, Northern Brewer, all the ingredients you could you could use to make a American Light Lager. And uh, a lot of other good things, too. And, and low prices and great shipping and great people. So check them out. Until then, everybody, I'm Bruce Strong. And often. <laughs>